Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. They're aspiring to power, to position, to prestige. They're thinking now this is the way we're going to impact the community. When they see that we're so brilliant, then everybody's just going to come rushing to us. Paul says that thinking is actually immature. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of 1 Corinthians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 16, in a message titled, The Mind of Christ. Now, here's Pastor Brian. We're picking up here in the second chapter, and remember, our big theme is everyday discipleship. And so there's a lot of text that we're going to be looking at today, but ultimately I want to to land just on that very last word there in the second chapter where Paul says that we have the mind of Christ. So we're going to work our way toward that. But what I want to do is I want to go back and I want to read the same portion of scripture, but I want to read it in the message version, which is a a kind of a paraphrase by Eugene Peterson. How many of you have ever read anything from the message? The message is not, it's not so much a translation, it's a bit more of an interpretation. And what people don't realize about it is, um, well, first of all, Eugene Peterson was a scholar, but he was also a pastor. And he pastored actually a you know, a relatively smaller church for most of his pastoral life. But being a scholar, he really wanted to give his people with the scripture something that that just resonated with their everyday lives. So he did this translation that's called The Message, and it was basically just something he did for his own church. And so he presented it to his church, and then somebody else saw it and got a hold of it, and then ultimately it became mass-produced and and so forth. And so, like I said, it's it's not like a translation. It's more more of a paraphrase, more of of a bit of an interpretation, but it's good and it's accurate. So, But the way he translated this portion, I think he really captures what it is that Paul is saying to the Corinthians. So... I'm going to read that to us. So remember at the end of the fifth verse, Paul is talking about your faith not resting in human wisdom, but on God's power. And then from the message, it says this, we, of course, have plenty of wisdom to pass on to you once you get your feet on firm spiritual ground. But it's not popular wisdom the fashionable wisdom of high-priced experts that will be out of date in a year or so. God's wisdom is something mysterious that goes deep into the interior of his purposes. You don't find it lying around on the surface. It's not the latest message, but more like the oldest, 
what God determined as the way to bring out his best in us long before we ever arrived on the scene. The experts of our day haven't a clue about what this eternal plan is. If they had, they wouldn't have killed the master of the God-designed life on the cross. That's why we have this scripture text. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this, never so much as imagined anything quite like it, what God has arranged for those who love him. But you've seen and heard it because God by his spirit has brought it all out into the open before you. The spirit, not content to flit around on the surface, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. Whoever knows what you're thinking and planning except you yourself. The same with God, except that he not only knows what he's thinking, but he lets us in on it. God offers a full report on the gifts of life and salvation that he is giving us. We don't have to rely on the world's guesses and opinions. We didn't learn this by reading books or going to school. We learned it from God who taught us person to person through Jesus and we're passing it on to you in the same firsthand personal way. The unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, can't receive the gifts of God's spirit. There's no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. Spirit can be known only by spirit. God's spirit and our spirits in open communion. Spiritually alive, we have access to everything God's spirit is doing and can't be judged by unspiritual critics. Isaiah's question, is there anyone around who knows God's spirit, anyone who knows what he is doing, has been answered. Christ knows, and we have Christ's spirit, the mind of Christ. So even when you read it, you're kind of like, oh, okay, yes, that, that's what he's talking about here. Now, remember, some of the Corinthians, as we've seen, are feeling that the gospel that Paul preached is too simplistic. You know, they're really just kind of caught up in the whole thing there within the Corinthian culture, the whole thing about human wisdom. And so for them now, the gospel, it just seems a little bit simplistic. It didn't have that ring of human intellect that was commonly heard in the philosophies of the day. It was rather unsophisticated and for some even a bit embarrassing. I mean, after all, where was the wisdom in the message of a crucified Messiah being the answer to the world's problems? I mean, that, that's just way too simplistic. This is where some of their minds have gone at this point. Remember, Greeks seek wisdom. Paul has been saying that over and over again. This is the big thing for the Greeks. Remember, the Jews wanted a sign. That was a big thing for them. They wanted a miracle. They wanted, like even in the ministry of Jesus, Jesus did many miracles, but they weren't impressed. He said, you know, you fed a few people with these loaves and fishes. Moses fed a whole generation. So do a bigger miracle. That was a Jewish mindset. 
But for the Greeks, they didn't care so much about the miraculous. Now, tell us something brilliant. You know, impress us with something intellectual. Greeks seek wisdom. Paul, they would say, Paul, give us something that we can be proud of. Something that is intellectually respectable. Something we can discuss at the dinner party. Something we can bandy about with the scholars. That is where some in the Corinthian church have gone. This is the mindset of of these influential, these are influential people. They're, that's why Paul's writing this, because this small group of people are having an impact on the entire Christian community. They're starting to sway people in this direction. And so Paul responds to them. Because, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, where's the wisdom in this message, Paul? These other teachers, they've got such Wisdom, where's the wisdom in this message? And so Paul says in verse six, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom, but now he pokes them a little bit among the mature. So Paul is implying that their problem is immaturity. Oh, this isn't gonna go over that well, right? But that's what he's doing. A little bit later, he's actually going to refer to them as their their problem is that they are infants in Christ. Now, remember, they're aspiring to power, to position, to prestige. They're thinking, now, this is the way the church is really going to advance. This is the way we're going to impact the community when they see that we're so brilliant and they see that we're sophisticated, then everybody's just going to come rushing to us. Paul says that thinking is actually immature. That's a, a spiritually immature perspective on things. And so that's what Paul is dealing with here with the Corinthians. And so the first thing he says to them is that they are immature. So we speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Now, Paul uses this terminology in his letters. He talks about this age. Writing to the Galatians, he he talks about this present evil age. That's how he defines it. And for Paul... And the other biblical writers for that matter, but but more specifically for Paul, Paul communicates in a way where we are to understand that it's from God's standpoint, there are basically two ages. There's this present age, which began really at the fall. God created human beings in relationship with him. That was the original state. And then Adam and Eve, under the influence of the devil, rebelled against God, and sin entered into the world, and so the present evil age began. And so, according to Paul, we are still living in that present evil age, but 
Paul introduces us to the age to come. And, and that's the age when God takes back complete authority over all of the created realm through Christ establishing his throne. And that's ultimately a future event. But what Paul wants us to understand is it's already occurred on a certain level. So now we have this overlap. There's the the present evil age, but this new age of the spirit has broken into it. So even though we're still living in this present evil age, we have experiences of the new age through our relationship with Christ and through the spirit. And so we live in what many theologians have called the already but not yet. So it's already here in one sense. We're part of the kingdom. We're part of the new age already. But it's not yet fully realized. But it can be realized in very significant ways, obviously, by those who are participating in it. So Paul is speaking of the rulers or the wisdom of this age, that's the wisdom of this current time, or of the rulers of this age who were coming to nothing. Then he goes on, no, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God revealed to us by his spirit. So what Paul is wanting the Corinthians to understand is that there is a wisdom. It's not the wisdom of this world. Because the world through its own ideas of wisdom would have never dreamed his quotation here his quotation here is it seems that it's a quote from Isaiah 64 but it it seems like it might be a combination of a few different passages but let's just it, it there's enough of it that is from Isaiah this quote from Isaiah Paul's pulling on this to say look the prophet said this The prophets already declared that man by wisdom will never even begin to imagine the things that God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, we left on our own, we would never, not only would we never figure this out, we would never even dream that this is how God would do it. Now notice this, he speaks of the rulers of this age He says that they did not understand it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So he's talking about the power structures, of course, that put to death Jesus. It was the Jewish power structure combined with the Roman power structure, and they together, they put to death the Lord of glory. Just proves that they had no idea about what was really happening, who Jesus really was, and what God was doing. But 
this is a significant thing that Paul says here. He speaks of the rulers of this age, and notice this, who are coming to nothing. The rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Now think about when this was written. This was written some 2,000 years ago, approximately. Think about the structures of power at the time. Guess what? They're gone. They're gone. They came to nothing. They were there for that season. You know, at the height of Roman glory, nobody would have ever imagined that this would someday just vanish. Someday it would be gone. Someday it would just, it would be corrupted and and it would it would just end. And it did. And now we think back on the Roman period, we think back on it as history, we can go to Italy, we can go to Rome, we can visit the Colosseum, we can you know, see the different sites and think, oh, wow, how magnificent it must have been. But it's gone, it's over. And guess what? The same thing is true of today. The same thing is true of today. Whatever the power structures are today, they're, they're coming to nothing. All of man's wisdom, all of our our theories and our ideas and and all of our developments. Now, I do think we're, you know, maybe this has been the case in previous generations that nobody ever would have dreamed that it was all going to at some point come crashing down. But, you know, we're, it's like, I don't want to generalize and say, you know, all of humanity, but, but much of humanity. Let's just take the rulers of the nations of the world. You know, we're sort of in a place where man has pretty much concluded that we're going to figure this out. We don't need God, but let it be stated for the record, the rulers of this age are coming to nothing, have always Come to nothing will always come to nothing. But there is a wisdom from God. There is a wisdom from God. And as verse 10 says, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. So the problem, the Corinthians are just really, they're stuck in in the present age. They're not thinking of wisdom in the new age understanding of it. And of course, by new age, I mean God's new age. I, I better clarify that. Somebody will, somebody will put on social media, Brian is now a new age guy and he's <laughs> preaching new age doctrine. Yes, the new age is the age when Jesus reigns. And Jesus is reigning where? He's reigning, what is the church? The, the church is, it's not totally the kingdom of God, but the church is a manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth. So Christ is reigning and among us. See, these guys are saying, Paul, you know, come on, this is too simplistic. Give us something more sophisticated. Paul's saying, how do you get more sophisticated than the wisdom of God? It's impossible. So what does he say about the wisdom of God? He says that it was a wisdom, verse 7, jump around here, uh, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden 
and that God destined for our glory before time began. So it's a mystery that has been hidden, but now, by implication, is revealed. So the wisdom of God has been revealed. It's been revealed through the cross. It's been revealed through Christ. It's been revealed through God's means of fixing the world. That's really what is ultimately going to happen, right? And what is all human philosophy and these things? What, you know, the stated goal is we're going to fix the world. It deviates from that oftentimes, but, but I think, it, you know, in the end, that is, that's the point. We want to make the world a better place. We're going to fix the world. Well, Paul says only God's wisdom can fix the world. And it's the wisdom that is manifested through the cross. And it's a wisdom that comes through the spirit. And so, verse 10, God has revealed these things to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And then, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. So Paul is saying, this is what we speak. We're not speaking. They're saying, Paul, you need to sound more like the voices around us. You need to sound more like these wise, philosophical people. Paul says, no, I don't need to sound like that because the wisdom that we have is not that wisdom. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Holy Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. I mean, listen, that was part of the problem that they had with Paul. He didn't sound like the other people of the day. He didn't sound like the philosophical voices around him. And Paul says, I, I, I don't want to sound like them. I'm not trying to sound like them because we're not talking about the same thing. They're talking about a human wisdom. We are talking about a divine wisdom. That's why we talk the way we talk, because these are the words the Spirit is giving to us to communicate about who he is and about what the reality of the kingdom is. Now, verse 14, he says, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Wow, what, what an amazing truth. Paul is just saying that, you know, the, the reason, now you think people aren't going to listen because, I'm talking for Paul, you think people aren't going to listen because my speech is not sophisticated enough. Paul says, no. People aren't going to listen because they don't have the Spirit. And it's only through the Spirit that you can hear. It's only through the Spirit that you can receive and understand these things. And we talked a little bit about this previously, but, but this is so, I mean, this is true. 
Of course, it's true, but, but, it, but it's true. We know by experience how many people have, have put it in words like this. You know, I don't know, just suddenly it's like the lights came on. For the month of February, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Know Why You Believe by Paul E. Little. Does God really exist? And if he does, why is there so much suffering in the world? Doesn't science actually disprove the Bible? So how can we even trust what the Bible says? What proof is there that Jesus really rose from the dead? If you've ever wondered about these questions, then this month's book, Know Why You Believe by Paul E. Little, will help you answer these very questions and many others. If you want to wrestle with your own questions or the questions of others about the practical implications of the Christian faith, you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book Know Why You Believe by Paul E. Little is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of 1 Corinthians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.